Come on, sit down. Let's preach. Hallelujah. We have in church this morning. I said we have in church this morning. The vineyard is different from the graveyard. They are both yards. But one is vine. The other is grave. Aren't you glad you are not in the graveyard? But you are in the vineyard. Americans like to call it vineyard. Whether it is vineyard or vineyard. We are glad to be in the sanctuary and not in the mortuary. Thank you, Lord. We can't thank you enough. I tell you guys, if this is all we do till the end of the service, we are blessed already. Just expressing our exuberant praise to God. It's an expression of the content of our hearts. That Lord, we love you. We don't have it all figured out yet. We don't have it all put together, but we love you all the same. Some of us are broken this morning, but we love you all the same. Some of us are limping this morning, but we still love him all the same. We love you, Jesus. Oh, God. Our first time as you well, forgive me. Usually we welcome our first time as before I come up. And Brother Favor was ready to come. And he looked at me. I looked at him. Deep call it onto deep and boom. He, he went back to his seat and I'm here. Um, I'm going to try and preach, make it short. Somebody say amen. amen. It's always a prayer for Pastor Fred. Lord have mercy. <laughs> All right. So um, then I have some announcements to make after the word. But let's go straight to the word right now. The power of one. That's what I want to preach about. The power of one. Genesis chapter 6 and we're going to be in verses 5 to 9. Genesis 6, 5 to 9. Thank you choir. You just, you just did an amazing Amazing ministration this morning. God bless you all in Jesus' name. Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 to 9. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only, only evil continually. No good, just evil continually. And in verse 6, he said, And he repented the Lord that he made, that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. It grieved God that he had made man. At his heart, verse 7, and the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air. For it repented me that I have made them. Verse 8, but, somebody say but. But is a conjunction in the use of English that signals a change of direction. When you're saying something and then you say but, that means mm, I'm making a U-turn, I'm making a turn. He's a nice man, but he gets angry. She's a very lovely woman to work with, but, you see, the moment you hear but, that's a change of direction. So God was getting grieved with mankind, and he said, I'm going to destroy everything, including the beast and the creeping thing and the fowls that are flying in the sky. But there was a man, somebody said there was a man, whose name was Noah. Tell your neighbor whose name was Noah. The Bible said, but Noah found unmerited favor. He found grace in the eyes of the Lord. yod hey vav hey verse 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man. He was a righteous man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. May it be said in the final analysis of your life that you walked with God. 
It is one of the greatest legacies that any parent can leave. It's one of the greatest legacies that any believer can bequeath to the generations after them. That you walked with God. He walked with God just like Enoch. The Bible says Enoch walked with God and he was no more. This, this morning I want to talk about the power of one. I'm not talking about the power of unity. I'm talking about the power of one man. I want to emphasize the fact that God can take your ordinariness and make something out of your life. I want to underscore the truth that your life is significant and that you are important in God's agenda. You know, sometimes we hear messages and we hear people tell us that we are not important and that God can get all his work done without us and that we are not, we don't really have a role to play and that uh, maybe even people have written us off and they say you can't become much in life because you don't have much education, your parents are poor, uh, you were born on the wrong side of town, who knows your parents? Anyways, you don't have a pedigree, maybe you don't even have a degree. And on and on and on. And I've, I've seen adults in my life. I've had to counsel with people who grew up in the prison yard created by the words of others. Because somebody told them when they were much younger that they were not beautiful. And so they grew up thinking that they're not beautiful. Anyway, they're just ugly. And that's why no relationship works. Nobody likes them. Nobody likes me. Nobody wants to do anything with me. Because anyway, grandma told me that I would never amount to anything. So people grew up in the prison yards, within the four walls of the prison, of the words of all the people. This morning, I want to say to you that the devil is a liar. Because as far as God is concerned, you are important. Let me preach to your neighbor. Say to them, say, neighbor. Shout it. Don't say it. Shout it. Say, neighbor. Look them eyeball to eyeball said, this is serious business. You are important. Spell the word important. Tell them you are I-M-P-O-R-T-A-N-T. Tell another neighbor, say neighbor. You are significant. Spell the word significant. Tell them you are S-I-G-N-I. F-I-C-A-N-T Give God praise this morning. The devil is a liar. One of the dirtiest lies of the devil. One of the most belittling and crippling lies of the devil is the day he whispered to your ears and told you you are not important. And many have believed the lie of the devil. They come to church. Some, some don't come. Because anyways, the devil told them they're going to die young. The devil told them, you never amount to anything. So don't even try. Don't try. Don't venture. Don't do business because you're going to fail. Don't go to school because you are the dullest being in the world. In John 8, 44, Jesus exposed the ministry of the devil. Jesus said he's a liar from the beginning and a murderer. It is not only people that kill people on the expressway that are murderers. You can murder someone with your words. You can kill the destiny of a child if you keep sowing the negative seeds of words into the life of that child. You will never do well. Nobody will ever like you. You, can you can't be brilliant. You're not brilliant. You're dull. You're so ugly. Uh, I don't know where I got you from. In John 8, 44, Jesus said, he's a, he said, you have your father, the devil, and the lust of your father, you will do. He was talking to the Pharisees. He said, he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. And because there is no truth in him. When you cut the devil to his very last cell, the very last cell, the tiniest particle or unit of a living being, 
the very last cell. If you cut him and you cut the cell and you open it up from the membranes to the, to the inner membranes to, to the mitochondrion to the nucleus. You guys remember biology. To the very last bit of the cell that makes up the devil is a liar. Jesus said so. He said there is no truth in him. How come people believe him? Someone that is a known, a, a, a world renowned liar. Someone that is the world best liar. When he wakes up in the morning, he lies. In the afternoon, he lies. In the evening, he lies. If he tells you good morning, it's a lie. If he tells you how you doing, it's a lie. Everything about him. Because Jesus said there is no truth in him. And such a person tells you this year, you're going to die. Prepare because you're going to die. That's a lie. Oh, you have symptoms in your body. That's what's going to kill you. That's a lie. When he speaks, there is no truth in him. He says he speaks a lie. He speaketh of his own. He is the manufacturer of lies. For he's a liar. Not only that, he's the father of it. The creator. The progenitor. The creator. The, the brain behind lies. The programmer of lies. The, the manufacturer of lies. The, the designer of lies. Everything about him is a lie. Everything. Every single thing is a lie. And he tells you you are not important. I'm here by the Holy Ghost this morning to tell you that you're important. Important for what? God has an agenda. God has a plan. And in the end time church of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is a place for you. That's why I love that song. In my father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Amen. I, I said amen. amen. I thought my mic went off. I said amen. amen. Somebody tell your neighbor again you're important. I want to show you from the scriptures this morning. How that God himself can use one man to change the course of history. Sometimes God uses a few. A few people to advance a great cause he can use a few against a multitude he doesn't need a multitude to fight a battle he doesn't need a multitude to win a battle he doesn't need a multitude to get a project done on earth we do crowdfunding some of you know about crowdfunding when you have a project and then you do go fund me and then everybody's putting something little little here and there and then you can start a business with that god doesn't need that he doesn't need the crowd in fact there was a man, I'm going to tell you about him before I tell you about Noah, whose name was Gideon in the Bible. He was going to fight a battle. Judges chapter 7 verses 1 to 9. Media, you can be there. We don't have time to read it. I'll just tell you what's there. Some of you know the story already. Gideon was going to go to battle against the Midianites. These Midianites were enemies of the Israelites. You need to understand how they operate. These Midianites would wait for them to plant, to sow, and then to, for their crops to come to maturity. The time of harvest and they will come and reap the harvest and deal with the Israelites. And so the Israelites were dealt with with hunger. In fact, when God called Gideon, he was beating wheat that his family was going to eat. He was beating it. Ooh, ooh. It was an ordinary day. It was not a church day. It wasn't a Sabbath day. The guy was busy working, trying to get something for himself and family. When the angel of the Lord appeared and called him, thou mighty man of valor. And was like, hey, who are you talking about? Mighty man. We were oppressed. Our enemies all around us, we can't go to farm. 
Fulani headsmen everywhere. We can't go out. We can't travel on the highways. We can't be too sure of Lagos Ibadan Expressway. And you're calling me a mighty man of valor. That was the situation of Israel at the time. And so, well, God spoke to Gideon and encouraged him. Because when God speaks to you, strength comes. The moment God called him a mighty man of valor, he became a mighty man of valor. Can I have an amen to that? How many of you know that you are really blessed? When did you get blessed? The moment God said so. When did he say so? The moment you received Christ. Can I have an amen? That's why you are irreversibly blessed. It's too late for anybody to unbless you now. Did you get my English? Are you blessed? Can you be cursed? No, you cannot be cursed because nobody can curse what God has blessed. Anyway, so Gideon got his army together. He got 32,000 soldiers. Somebody said 32,000 soldiers. I mean, if you have 32,000 soldiers, you feel like a big boy. Yeah, man, we're going to smoke the Midianite. Man, we're going to, we're going to, that's the American, American slang. We're going to smoke them. We're going to rout them. That's Bible language. We're going to kill them. That's street language. They're going to sit the gay. 32,000 soldiers. Gideon was feeling cool like a big boy. He was a captain. Onward, Gideon soldiers, marching us to war. Stand at station. God said, Gideon, he said, sir, yes, sir. You need to get instructions from the headquarters. He said, sir, yes, sir. God said, you have too many people in your army. Sir? Did I hear you right? Too many people. I, I don't work with that kind of crowd. There are too many for me. Too many, Lord. The Midianites are very many. The last time I checked, in fact, I was thinking of recruiting more soldiers. Hey, Gideon, sir, yes, sir. So what am I going to do, sir? Right. This is what you're going to do. Ask them, whoever, whoever is afraid and fearful. Give me that verse, media. Whoever, okay, I'm going to try them for you. You say unto them. This, no, 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 come on now, media, go to the previous, I think verse 3, or is it verse 4, okay, are we there, yes, good, good, we're there, we're there, thank you, God bless you, whoever is on the computer, you are blessed and highly favored, amen, God said, whoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead, whoever is fearful and afraid, Lord, whoever is fearful is already afraid, <laughs> I love King James English, God was very emphatic, some people may be fearful, but maybe they are not afraid. <laughs> the fear is in their heart, but they have bone face. But God said, whoever is fearful and... So every time he said, Tenshan, he said, Tenshan, Tenshan, Sandatis, Sandatis, oh God, don't let them kill me. I just married my wife, oh. I've not even enjoyed my wife. Ah, oh Lord, don't let that wally boy marry my wife. He will not inherit my wife. He will not. That boy? Guess how many turned back that were fearful and afraid. They had arms and ammunition. They were fully armed to the teeth. They are like the scripture in Psalm 78 and I think it's verse 4 or verse 9 that I preached a series many years, uh, some, some months ago, not many, a couple of months ago. The children of Ephraim fully armed but they turned back in the day of battle out of 32,000 soldiers 22,000 were afraid and fearful sometimes you think when you have a crowd you have a clout 
you think that the fact that many people are around you, you have the approval of God. You think you are secure. No king is saved by the multitude of horses. Because the horses of Egypt, their flesh are not spirits. Come on. You think until you have one million followers on Instagram, your business will not thrive. You don't understand that sometimes all you need is one follower who just comes, clicks, likes you, likes your product, and then begins to tell other people about you. And that's all. And there are 999,000 others who are just there inactive. They're not even looking at what you're doing. God said there are too many. Only 10,000 remain. I can imagine the heart of Gideon beating. Emmanuel, hey, you're also there. Somewhere, something. Favor. Zacchaeus. Precious in water. Pastor, we'll see you. We, we, we are with you in the spirit. Oh Lord, we are praying for you. Pastor, we are praying for you. <laughs> and everybody was living. And everybody was living. Oh, okay, oh, thank God. Thank God. Oh God, you are God. You are good. You saw my heart. I was fearful and afraid. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. 10,000 remaining. Well, Gideon still felt, maybe I can walk with this. God came again. Someone say, God came again. If you're a lover of God, he will come again and again and again. He will give you instructions per time, per season of your life. That's why you have to be like the sons of Issachar, who had an understanding of the times and seasons of what you should do. Who should go and who should stay. You don't need everybody in your life. You need certain key people in your life. God said, Gideon. He says, sir, yes, sir. Sir, don't say anything again. There are still too many. Ah, ah, 10,000. I don't work with such a crowd. I don't need them. Mm. That's why that song got me this morning. You are God from beginning to the end. There's no place in the middle for argument. You are God all by yourself. You don't need a man to be the God you are. We need him, but he doesn't need a man to be God. Nobody voted him in, nobody can vote him out. You can't impeach him. He was on the throne before you were manufactured. When you will no longer exist in this realm, he will still be God. God said 10,000 too many. Oh, okay, sir. Oh. Okay, sir. Okay, okay, sir. How many do you now want now? God, man, I don't know how to go to them and say they should go back home. Oh. You are the one to tell them yourself. Oh. Tell them, oh, if you know that you want to cook cooking lunch now. Yeah. Don't mean their nights are very strong. God said, I'm going to try them for you. I know you can't do it, but I'm going to do it for you. This year, God will give you wisdom. I said God will give you wisdom. You see, the wisdom of God teaches you what to do and how to do it. In John 6, 6, the Bible says, this is said in order to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip did not know how to feed 5,000 men, 4,000 men with bread and fish, but Jesus knew what he would do. That's called the wisdom of God. In everything, the Bible says, wisdom is the principal thing. God said to Gideon, I will try them for you. This is what we're going to do. Tell them. Get them to the waters. Let them drink water. Whoever laps the water like a dog now you guys don't know how a dog laps water because this is a 21st century generation you deal in Aussitians and Rottweiler and Chihuahua and German Shepherd and all of those foreign dogs I grew up on the streets of Mokola Ibado Nigeria we know bingo do you know bingo 
Those are the kind of dogs I grew up with. Bingo! Sometimes you just, you just, that's all you do. And then the guy's there. All right? And then he's feeding on everything, which we can't talk about, so some people don't throw up this morning. Those local dogs, they lap water with their tongue. God said, anyone that drinks water like that, put them on one side. But there's another group. This is the way they will drink water. They will go on their knees. They will face down. They will put their arms down, ammunition, everything down. Oh, this water. I won't die. Oh, I must drink water. Ah, oh, we need this water. Oh. God said, those ones, let them go. But the ones that are still carrying their arms, battle ready, even while drinking water. Any media night, and they're lapping water and they're ready, battle ready. Say, those are the ones you need. Guess how many people lapped water from 10,000? God helped him to grow his army to 300. Those of you that are going to be pastors in the future, listen to me. There are times that your church will need to grow from 250 to 42. It is growth. Then it has taken root downward. And now it will begin to sprout and begin to bear fruit upward. The remnant of Judah shall yet take root downward. Isaiah 37, 31, and I think 1 Kings or 2 Kings 19:30. The remnant of Judah shall yet take root downward and bear fruit upward. Then the church will grow to 1,000 and to 5,000 and on and on. There is a difference between growth and swelling. God helped Gideon to grow his army from 10,000 to 300. Let's be honest. He started out with 32,000. He's left with 300. If I were Gideon. God, if you... I knew, when I woke up this morning, I knew that he wanted to kill me. My instinct was telling me that today is the day that God wants to kill you. You sent everybody away, all my helpers. Do you know there are times that God will help you trim your friends list? It's for the mature. You get it. Some extra and excess luggage in your life will have to go for God to give instructions. Lot had to depart from Abraham for God to speak to Abraham. All the while he was with him, God didn't speak with him. But when he departed, Genesis 14, I believe, was one. The moment Lot departed from Abraham, God appeared and spoke to him. Go to 15, verse 1. 15:1 or 13:1. 13:1. No, 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 no. 15. Should be 15. Da 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 da. And after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision. This was after Lot had left him in 14. And Lot had gone into error and all of that and all of that. So there are times that God will help you shrink your friend list because he, he must get the glory out of your life. Anyways, fast forward. So Gideon went to battle with 300. And with 300, God gave him the victory. When you get to him, you can read that whole chapter, Judges 7, 1 to 9. God gave him victory. I don't know how many people he had to fight, but it did not matter because God came upon the scene. It is not until you have all the equipment that you need that God will come upon the scene. Invite him to your battles. 
Invite him to your project this year. Don't wait until everything is set. I must have every little equipment. I must have every single person I need on my team. Get God on your team. 32,300. 300 is not the 10% of 32,000. The 10% of 32,000 should be 3,200. Am I right about that? The 10% of 3,000 should be 300. Now we have 300, we have 3,200, and then we have 32,000. Now, even the 300 is not up to 1% of the army he left with. Not up to 1%. And yet, God gave him the victory. Every unnecessary luggage in your life, God will separate you from them this year. That is God. He can use a few people to win over so many people. The few over the multitude. Also, let me tell you one more thing about God. God can choose to use one man. Somebody say one man. Say one man. In the days of Noah, that we read earlier, everybody was sold out to evil. Every single person that Noah knew. The Bible says that the imaginations of their heart was evil continually. They never imagined anything good. All the crazy videos... All the stupid stunts, all the drugs, alcohol, partying hard. Everything was there. You think we have done anything in this generation? The youth of nowadays think we have discovered something new. No. Go and read the Bible. Jesus said, I think in Luke 17, 21, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. We are not there yet. I'll tell you why. <laughs> See, Noah was the only righteous man in the world at the time. And his family. The Bible says everything. Every other person was corrupt. So all his neighbors were corrupt. Can you imagine the scenario. Where you are a student. You are in your hostel. In school. There are four people in your room. You have your double decker bed. That bunker. On top of it. The person there is LGBTQI. Here you are straight. The next bed. LGBTQI on top LGBTQI you are the only straight person how do you think you will survive in that room hello I don't know the only hello good morning hi oh, well I do you step out of your room it's your first day in the uni you know it's still a shock to us here, but overseas, they don't care anymore. Mm -hmm. It's just, it, it has become normal. You step out of your room to go to the next room. Please, can I get some condiments there? Hi. And then you see two guys hugging each other. Hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> I'm sorry about the hi. <laughs> and then on your dormitory. Hello. Ah, you see? Which kind of school be this old? And then you go to lecture. And your professor walks in. I saw this in Texas. I went for a believers conference. I didn't know where, till tomorrow. I don't know whether that man is a man or a woman. The person. Wore suit. I thought it was the person. The person wore suit. Had hair like that of a woman. Had the body like that of a man. Then wore. What do you call those high heel shoes? Stilettos. Wore stilettos and carried female bag. This was a believer's conference. Oh. 
And everybody was just walking like it was normal. Me, I stopped. I stopped and I looked. Quickly, quickly, Arugo They took me from there. They took me to a place in Maryland, Dave and Busters, to go and eat and, and play games like, like you have Ventura. And um, the person that was going to wait on us to give us food, they said I should take my order. I didn't understand the food. I said, my Nigerian friend, anything you pick, I pick. <laughs> Wisdom. So I was looking at the person. The look is like that of a lady, but the muscle and the stance was like that of a guy. So, so I was looking. Because me, I don't know how to steal a look at someone. I will look. They tap me and say, Pastor Fred, Pastor Fred, Pastor Fred. I said, what's that? I said, Emma will be, Emma will be. I said, what's that? I said, I, because I'm trying to monitor that. Is he a she or a me? Or a me, she or a she? He? Is she? Or she? He? I, I don't know. Imagine a world like that. You go to play football and every other person is just different and you are the only straight person. Imagine you go to the cafe to read or to the library and you are the only straight person. Imagine you go to the cinema, you are the only straight person. Imagine you go to a wedding and every male is kissing male, female kissing female and you are the only one different. That was the order of the day in the days of Noah. The Bible says all of the imaginations of their heart. They never thought of innovations or inventions. It must be evil. Never good. God said, look, I'm going to wipe this generation out. It repents me that I made them. And God meant business. In fact, their sin so polluted the earth that it polluted the animals of that time. It polluted the birds of the air. God said, I don't need anything again in this generation. Let me just wipe it out. But there was one man. Somebody say one man. The power of one. How that one man could make a difference. Imagine if Noah had compromised. Under pressure. I can't go to the market. Everybody's like that. I can't buy. I can't sell. I can't do business. I can't learn. I can't study in school. My kids can't go to school because all the kids are like that. Under that pressure, Noah stayed and said, as for me and my household, we will serve. God said, I'm not going to destroy the righteous with the wicked. Because of one man, we are all here today. Read your Bible. After the flood, God began to populate the earth again from the generations of Noah. Shem, Ham, and Japheth, his children. That's how Europe, America, Africa, Australasia, Asia, uh, uh, New Zealand, Europe, the Antarctica have been populated till today. Because of one man. Because of one man. Because of one man. It's amazing how you are so important in the agenda of God. Listen, church. You are so very important that the world cannot tell yet what God is going to do through your life. Only if you stay uncompromised. If you stay true. If you stay faithful. When Noah was gathering the animals, God told him, 
Because God wanted to pres preserve life. He said, pick every animal. Pick the species, male and female. Male and female. Male and female. Noah was carrying goat. One goat, male goat. You know that male goat, very stubborn. And it was a brrrr. Noah carried. Stubborn goat. Follow me, follow me. The professors of that time were laughing at Noah. <laughs> he's such an idiot. Look at the way he's struggling with the goat. He carried she goat. He carried Indama Katu. Red Bororo. He saw a lizard walking on the wall. He ran after it. He chased a lizard. Picked the male, picked the female. Redneck. He saw cockroach. You can't escape. Male and female. That's why those things are still here today. Because of one man. Because of one man. It's amazing how God preserved humanity. Today, we would never have had a chance if not for Noah. One man. Listen, church. When you get to the verge of being discouraged, when you are tempted sore by your friends or by the people you see around you who are trying to influence you negatively, when the pressure is so much on you to compromise, just compromise now. Just, just change the figure a little. Everybody's doing it in this company. We're all doing it. We're everybody from Ogato Messenger. When the pressure is much, please remember Noah. Remember Noah. Remember Noah that he didn't compromise. And that's why we're here today. You never can tell what God is going to do through your life. I told you earlier, I said you are important. I told you earlier, I said you are significant. Because in God's agenda, there is a place you are going. There is an assignment for your life. God has never made anybody who is a mistake. God does not make mistakes. Your life is supposed to be doing something. And God wants you to stay true to him so you can fulfill that purpose. And you will get there in the name of Jesus. Another man in the Bible was a man called Shammah. 2 Samuel 23 verses 11 and 12. Shama was one man among many. He was of the three chief men of David. David had mighty men. These mighty men were not mighty at the beginning. They were distressed. They were in poverty. They were in lack. They were in debt. They were owing money. Business was not going on but fine. Their, their marriages were crashing. They had health problems, all manner of issues. And they went to David in a place called the cave Adulam. And they made David their captain. And David began to train them in the way of the Lord. David began to speak to them. And began to also train them in the art of warfare. And before you know it, several chapters later, these men became the mighty men of David. Amongst all of them, there were some three of them. I will teach on them much later. There were some three of them. And the third one is Shammah. One particular day, the Philistines came. The Philistines were enemies of the Israelites. Or just like the Midianites, always coming to steal their food and to kill their farmers. They're like the Fulani headsmen. The farmers can't go to farm now because they're afraid that when these men show up, they will kill them. They will spread them AK-47 and then they will get their animals to feed on their cassava, feed on their farm produce. So everybody was running away from the farm. But one day, somebody say one day, there was a man called Shama who went with them to the farm. The Bible says, Second Samuel, are you there? Thank you. And after him, verse 11, was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Hararite. Shammah, the son of Agi, the Hararite. And the Philistines were gathered together into a troop. You never know how many soldiers make a troop. There may be a thousand, two thousand, five thousand, ten thousand. They came as a troop. 
They came in their multitudes. I don't know how this happened, but by God. But by the help of God. The Bible says when they came, there was a piece of ground full of lentils. Lentils like beans. is a legume. It is, it is consumable. It's food for the people. And so they came to this field where there was a, a field full of lentils and the people fled from the Philistines. The people ran away. Somebody said the people ran away. You know when trouble comes, you're on your own. You never know. When life is good, you have a lot of people around you. But when the opposite happens, you hear, it is well. It is well. Poop. They took off. But not Shama. But. Somebody say but. I told you earlier that but indicates a change of direction. Everybody ran away. They fled. But. He stood in the midst of the ground and defended it. One man. One man. And he killed the Philistines. And the Lord wrought a great victory. I pray this year, as you stand your ground in your profession, in your academics, in your business, in your finances, in your relationships, in your family, in your ministry, in all that God has called you to do, as you stand your ground for the truth, to defend the truth, like Paul the Apostle said in the defense of the gospel, to defend what is right. God will grant you great victory in the name of Jesus. If you are in church this morning, shout a better amen. amen. One man, one man. I don't know how he did it. One man slew the Philistines. They came all around him. He stood his ground. He protected the lentils. He protected them. Protected the food. One man. Who says that your life is insignificant? Who says you are not important? You just might be the one man that will bring salvation to your family. You just might be the one man that God is going to use to save your dad, your mom, your brothers, your sisters, up to your cousins. You just might be that one man that God is going to use to set Nigeria on a new trajectory. Don't give up now. You can't afford it. You just might be one man that God will use to change the face of music, the music industry in Nigeria. Gospel music, I mean. One man. The power of one. If God used one before, he can use one again. Because God never changes. Malachi 3.6 I am the Lord and I change not. That's why you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Hebrews 13.8 Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. He never changes. So if you ever used one man, he can use you. Somebody say, he can use me. Oh, come on now. Say, he can use me. Let me ask you, church. How many of you actually... I want to talk to some people now as I close. How many of you actually feel, don't lie, you feel that God has an assignment for your life. You don't know what it is yet, or maybe you already know, or you don't know, but you have a feeling, mark my words, a feeling. You have a feeling that God has an assignment for my life. Like God wants to use me for something great, and it's really going to be greater than me. Can I see your hand up? I want to mark your faces. Okay. Praise God. Amen. Put down your hands. God bless you. God will honor you. Now, it is to you I'm sent this morning. I want to give you the next instructions, the next set of instructions. Number one, what do you do? You feel God has something great for you? 
great assignment and you want to fulfill it, you want to make a difference with your life, maybe I should ask you this second question. How many of you, whether you know or not, that God has an assignment for your life, but you, have, you, you, are, just, you are just determined to make a difference with your life. You just want to make a difference. Can I see your hands up? Thank you for honoring that call. God bless you. Put on your hands. So, to you, I'm sent. Number one. Number one. I'm sent to one person this morning. Number one. Number one. Ask for grace for meekness. Ask God for grace for meekness. Psalm 25 and verse 9. Psalm 25 and verse 9. When we talk about meekness, we're talking about humility. We're talking about teachability. Not everyone is teachable. Some are teachers, but they can't be taught. Don't you ever, don't you ever become like that when you're working with God. Maintain a teachable spirit. The future is for the meek. The future belongs to those who are teachable. Nobody knows it all, including myself this morning. What do I even know? There are many things we don't know. Yeshua Adedeji is a medical student. She's going to be a doctor soon, by the grace of God. Do you know anything about aviation? You, can, can you fly an airplane? She's shaking her head. But when it comes to injections, prescriptions, diagnosis, you can look through the parameters, you can check the vital signs, you can do etc, etc, in the area of health. But the moment it comes to aviation, you are a complete ignoramus. That's not a nice word to describe you, but take that from your pastor. I love you, babe. Amen. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. What you don't know, you don't know. And there are many things you don't know in life. Jeremiah said, the way of a man is not in him. It is not in man that walketh to direct his own steps. There are people coming into your life in the next one year, in the next two, three years, that you don't know. You don't know their mission. You don't know their purpose. And you need to go back to the drawing board and ask God, is this a friend to keep or someone to run away from? Because what you don't know, you don't know. Those who are meek are those who are teachable. Those who are corrigible. Those that can be corrected. See what the Bible says. Psalm 25 verse 9. It says, the meek will he guide in judgment. Judgment is not talking about go to hell, go to heaven. No. The judgment, the word judgment here is talking about the ability to discern between good and evil. The power of choice. He said, when you are about to make a choice, whether the choice of a life partner or the choice of a business partner or the choice of a business location or the choice of a career or the choice to switch a career or the choice to relocate or to stay where you are, the Bible says, the meek will God guide in judgment. In choosing. God wants to guide you, Dan. God wants to be involved with every decision-making process in your life. But you have to be meek. Look at the B part of it. And the meek will he teach his way. Oh Lord, teach me your way. He wants to teach you, but 
pride is pushing him back. The Bible says God resists. First Peter chapter 5. Resists the proud. But he gives grace to the humble, the teachable, the meek. May you find grace this year. See, any of us can say we are humble. We can claim it. I'm very humble. I'm not proud. Pride is a subtle thing. It's a subtle thing. Sometimes it's as simple as God says, forgive that person. And you say, no, why would I forgive them? Do you know what they did? As if God didn't know. Can you inform God anything? As simple as that. But you come to church and say, I'm not proud. Me, proud. When the accountant want to, 500 proud people around. I, I won't be on the list. Everybody knows I'm very humble. I'm very teachable. I'm very easygoing. I mean, what do I have that I'll be proud? Hey! I found out years ago that somebody can be poor and proud. PMP. I used to think that pride, come on, technical, what's going on with my sound? I used to think that pride had something to do with riches, that it's only rich people that are proud. Not every rich person is proud anyway, so it, it's, it's not synonymous. And they are not twins. And you can be rich and humble, and you can be poor and proud. PMP, very bad combination. I'll give you an example. After church, Somebody's walking on the road after church, is walking on the road, and a church member is driving, and the church member that is driving stops to say, ah, hello, my brother. I, I, I know you in church. You're a member of the church. Can I give you a ride? Are you going towards Bodija? That's where I'm going. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm, no, no, no. I'm, I'm fine. I don't, in your mind, you're saying, I don't take free rides. What's that? What's that? No. I, will, I will trek home. I cannot be saying, uh, 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 because I want to eat Malu. I will not be saying Buddha, Buddha Malu. Pride. Somebody offers you a ride, a church member, and out of pride, so that you will not say thank you to them later, so that they will not engage you in a conversation and know what is going on with your life. No, 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 no. I, I respect myself. Day or day, I day my day. I know they pass my boundary. It's pride. Some of you have failed one or two courses. You know people in your department that can help you. Fellow students that you can walk up to and say, Omo. This psych 126 is the tempest head. Can you help me? But no, 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 no. I wear Gucci. I, I, don't, make, I, don't, I don't mingle with people who wear Ankara. Ankara. Oh no, gosh. We're so Ankara for our dog at home. Psst. Excuse me. I, I, no, 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 no. You are failing that course. You are repeating it. There are people who can help you. Pride will not allow you to humble yourself. You won't come down from your high horse and say, please, sister, teach me. The meek will he teach his way. No wonder there was a difference. I wondered why. I said, God, are you partial? Why would you single Moses out? And the Bible says in Psalm 103 verse 7, he made known his ways unto Moses. But his act, the miracles, to the children of Israel. Why? But why? Maka, why? Tuneke, why? Moses was a meek man. He was teachable. The children of Israel were very stubborn and very heady. God told them, six days you gather manna. On the sixth day, gather double. So that on the Sabbath day, you do no work. Guess what they will do? They will gather, gather, gather. They will now go and gather again on the Sabbath day. The day God says gather double, they will not gather double. The day says gather, gather single, they will not gather double. By the time they now go back, it has turned to maggots. God says to them, look, stay. No, first of all, he told them, move. 
We're in the wilderness. I want you to move. They said, no, we're not moving. We want to go back to Egypt. We miss the cucumber. Cucumber. Somebody say cucumber. Don't be calling it cucumber. It's cucumber. When you call it cucumber, it looks local. But cucumber makes it sweet. Somebody say cucumber. They said, we miss the cucumber. We miss the garlic, the fish, fish, salmon, fish, the grills of Egypt. How many of you know grill, grilled meat? You know you can grill chicken. Oh Lord, pastor, we are fasting. <laughs> and they now, they now rare alubosa. I don't know how to say that in English. When they rare alubosa on the grilled fish, or grilled chicken. Oh my God. It looks like there's some condiments they normally add. And they spray some things. The thing, the chicken will now soak it in. <laughs> and when you bite it like this. Uh, not only the sweetness, but also the flavor goes into your teeth. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? Pastor Fred, Why? Because I want you to fast. <laughs> God said move. They said no, we are not moving. God now said, okay, stay. Since you want to stay in the United States, they said no, we are moving. Very stubborn people. But Moses, God will tell him this, all right, sir. Show up at the mountain, okay, sir. Go to the valley, all right, sir. Bring tablets, all right, sir. Write it down, all right, sir. Show it to them, all right, sir. Do this, all right, sir. This year, 2022, please ask God for grace for meekness. I know some of us are too small to talk to you. I know. Like some people I've talked to, don't do this. Do that. Say, no, Pastor, the one I want to do is what I, you can't be controlling my life. Are you God? I mean, I don't like to play God in anybody's life. Oh, sincerely. God told me to do that thing. God told you, okay, okay, it is well with you. It is well with you. Ask for grace, for meekness. Ask for grace, for meekness. The meek will it teach his way. In Matthew 11, verses 29-30, Jesus said, all of you that, are, that labor and are heavy laden, come to me and learn of me. He said, because I am meek and lowly in heart. Even Jesus is meek and lowly. Ask God, there are areas of my life where I'm proud and meek. Even I don't know it. But open my eyes to see it. You know, if you are also very spiritual, you can be very proud. We are the ones who are close to God. We know what God is saying per season. Ah, oh, no, no, God can't say that. No, no. Drop it, drop it, drop it! Pocket your prophecy. God doesn't talk like that. Sir? You had a meeting with him? We all need it, including me. The grace for meekness. Do you know as you learn from me, I can learn from you as well. So, you want what God has said concerning 2022, our year of settlement? I pray God will settle you this year. Now listen church, whatever settlement means to you, it is coming this year. I said it is coming this year. Ask God for grace for settlement. Number two, number two that you need to do very quickly. You want to make a difference? Can I get a yes? Okay, we do the military way. You want to make a difference? 
be different. This is where we have a fight to fight. This is where we have work to do. Be different. If you want to make a difference, be different. I'm going to run quickly. I'm going to run now. I wish I could explain this, but some other time I'm going to preach a whole message on this, on being different. Um, there's a popular saying around the world that goes contrary to the word of God. It says, if you can't beat them, join them. Every time you hear that, say out loud, no, Satan, no. I'm not going to join them. I'm going to beat them. There's nothing like if you can't beat them, join them. Don't join the multitude to do evil. Exodus 23 and verse 2. And I'll also give you, write down these scriptures when you get to read them. I want to stop now. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. New Living Translation. 2 Corinthians 6, verses 14 to 18. New Living Translation. Be different. Be different. In every way, be Choose to be different. That is how you can make a difference. And number three, which is where I stop. You want your life to be significant this year? Come to Christ and follow his example. 1 Peter 2.21 1 Peter 2.21 Come to Christ and follow his example. For even here unto you were called. Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Ask yourself every day, when you are about to take a decision, will Christ do this? Hey, brother Jeremiah, you are reviled. You are despised. You are mocked. You want to mock them back. Ask yourself, will Christ do this? Some people offend you and you know how to kill them. You know where to finish them. You have power. They don't know you have power to destroy them. But hey, ask yourself, will Christ destroy those who offend him? Follow his example this year. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. New Living Translation. 2 Corinthians 6, 1 and 2. Quickly, quickly. I have one more scripture. When you come to Christ and stay rooted in him, you become one with God. One with God is majority. You become unstoppable and indestructible. You become more than a conqueror through Christ. Now, you can boldly say, I can do all things through Christ, the anointed one and his anointing, who strengthens me, Philippians 4, 13. All right. So, 2 Corinthians 6, verse 2 says, but let's, 1 and 2, 1 and 2, 1 and 2, quick. Let's read together from the word of God. Stand on your feet, everybody. And let's read together from the word of God. There's one more scripture we'll read on our feet. Amen. You've been sitting for too long. You need to exercise. Hallelujah. Praise God. One, two, let's go. As God's partners, yes, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. Don't accept it and then ignore it. That's the gift of salvation. Yeah, verse two. For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. When is the right time? Today. Tell your neighbor, today is the day of salvation. Look for another neighbor, say, today is the day of salvation. Let me ask them, quietly, humbly, respectfully, lovingly, Are you saved? Are you born again? Ask them also, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? 
if they are not sure what that means, hold them by the hand. Hold them by the hand. Walk, walk with them down the aisle. Come and meet Pastor Fred. Walk with them. Yes, do it, baby. Come on. Come, come, come. Do it. I can see you holding them. So yeah, come. God bless you. Yes. And stay with them. Stay with them. Nobody walked with her. Thank you, Yeshua. Very soon, I'm going to be teaching on the power of praying in the spirit. Some of you don't know. You pray, but you don't know the power. So I'm going to teach on that. The Holy Ghost impressed on my heart. Would you like to have that next Sunday? Oh, glory to God. This is a spiritual church. Glory! Now, guys, be careful. Don't let us start another service. We need to close now. Please step forward. Celebrate Jesus this morning. Say with me, my sisters. Any brother in the house? All the guys are hard guys. They don't like being born again in public. <laughs>